Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more, an extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastromonaco and I talk about how, six debates in, the Democratic candidates finally got asked about reproductive health. Yay? Then Dana Schwartz, Kieran Deal, and Tian Tran join to discuss costumes, from Halloween to what we're expected to put on every day as we move through the world as women. Then, as always, the hills will die on. Before we get started, some housekeeping. If you want to submit a Hill You'll Die On, record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. Also, if you have a question about navigating a tough situation at work or how to make friends as an adult or, like somebody did a few weeks ago, if you just want to ask us how we feel about romantic comedies, you can send us an email at hysteria at crooked.com with your question, and we'll go over the questions and pick the ones we like and answer them in our weekly video segment, Dude You Asked. It's uh, on Crooked Media Socials, so tune into that. Now it's time for a wholesome recommendation. Wholesome recommendation of the week. Clean your mirrors. Get a little Windex, squirt it on your mirror, clean it off. If your house is messy or if you're feeling kind of off, it really makes a huge difference and everything looks a little bit better and it might just be the tiny little thing that helps you jump start your day. That's it. Let's get to the show. Hello. Hello, Erin. It's so good to hear your voice. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. Um, Alyssa, I have a question. I'm so ready for my weekly question. Okay. So, you know, like when a rock star has an electric guitar and they run with it across the stage, that's like awesome. It's like, whoa, they're so... Yes. Why is running with an electric guitar awesome, but running while playing an acoustic guitar, like really lame? So that's a really good question, and I'm not sure what sparked your interest in the matter, but mostly it seems like acoustic guitars are heavier. <laughs> really? I mean, see, like Bruce Springsteen... I don't know why. Bruce Springsteen can run with an acoustic guitar, but like, just picture this. Just picture a guy with an acoustic guitar, like, strapped to the front of him running. That's that's weird. Like, that's absurd and funny. But an electric guitar, it's like, yeah... It's like one is very like, is David Crosby okay running across the stage with his acoustic guitar? And the other one is like, wow, look at John Cougar Mellencamp run with that electric guitar. It's one of those mysteries. I just don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to figure it out, but I've been thinking about it for like three weeks and I, I can't solve it. I can't crack it. Were you watching MTV or something? Like what triggered, what triggered this train of thought? No, Nothing, literally nothing. It fell from the sky and into my brain. And I've been thinking about it for a while. And I asked my brother about it and he was like, I don't know either. So yeah, a lot of brain power has been devoted to solving this problem. We can't solve it. Um, But let's talk about the debate. (laughs) Um, Another thing that we can't solve. Another thing that we can't solve. Um, So they finally brought up abortion at the Democratic primary debate. Finally, after how many debates have we had? Six. Was that six? I think it was a six. That's so many debates. And we're still more than a year away. 
Wait, did I make that up? How many have there been? I don't even know. I think that this was like the fourth official like round of debates, but there have been six Like actual... those town hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There have been six events. Um but here's something that so it was the first time that abortion came up on stage. Uh, it's the first time moderators asked about it. Um, but as the Atlantic's Emma Green pointed out, only two candidates on stage actually used the word abortion. Isn't that interesting? People are still afraid, man. Well, Tulsi brought it up in the context of people are still afraid, man. And uh, Elizabeth Warren brought it up in the context of Elizabeth Warren just you know, uses the words that she means to say. And, and that seems to be about it. So, Alyssa, were there any moments in the area of the debate that talked about reproductive choice that stuck out to you? So, you know, I love Corey always leans in, you know, it's like I feel like he's just always this is what I will say about him. Everyone else seems very focused on the stage of like what they're going to say. And I feel like he's really keeping track of what people have talked about. And he's like, wait a minute, we haven't got here yet. But I mean, mostly I thought the most important point that was made is just like, look, guys, and it was and it was by Warren. And it's it's what you were talking about, where she said, guess what? Like when abortion's illegal, like rich women are still going to be able to get abortions. Like Mm -hmm. this is about everybody else. And, you know, I just think that's a point that needs to keep being reinforced. Like Mm -hmm. if Roe is eroded, um, you know, rich ladies are always going to be able to take care of themselves. And it's the people who need it Uh, who need the help the most, who will be, you know, sidelined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to bring it back to what Corey said, um, Kamala Harris was the first person to bring it up in the debate. She brought it up on a question that wasn't specifically about abortion, but she brought it up saying like, come on, guys, we got to we got to bring this up. This is super important. This is super important in communities of color. And uh, Cory Booker later in the debate joined her and said, uh, and God bless Kamala Harris, which is like not I was like, is he blessing her heart? And I was like, no, he's not. Um, he said that men have a place in this debate as well and men need to stand up. And I thought that that was a really important, Mm -hmm. a really important point. Um, because, you know, it's great to have Booker on stage. It's great to have Castro on stage. Who's also said things about, um, about women's health in the context of the primary. I think men and their position in this conversation are really important. I agree. I can't, it's not just us to fight this. No. Um, So here's another thing I wanted to ask you about. So like Mm. Emma Green's piece in The Atlantic, which pointed out that only two people said the word abortion. Do you think that using the word abortion is important or do you think that it's a little bit too confrontational for people that are still figuring out they're still a little bit morally uncomfortable with abortion? I, I feel we should use the word abortion because it should be safe and legal and accessible. And, you know, the Supreme Court dealt with it in the 1970s. And so I genuinely think that we need to evolve because people who don't want to use the word are still, it's like, we got to get rid of the stigma, right? And by not using the word, I feel like we perpetuate the stigma. So I feel like we should use the word. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Although I can, I mean, I hate to be this person who can see both sides, but I, I can see both sides. Like it's it's a lot easier to get somebody to vote for somebody who is, it's, it's sort of like whatever it takes to get the ball across the goal line. If the goal line is like, we need people in elected office who will support 
abortion rights. And the way to get them into elected office is to, in some context, soft pedal using the most confrontational words in that debate, then maybe it's worth considering whether it makes sense to kind of temper our message. And maybe that's a maybe that's a kind of cop out way to think. But that's that's something that I've been thinking about a lot. No, it's not. I don't think it's a cop out way to think at all. I just think that like in a democratic debate and in a democratic primary primary, people should people should probably say the word. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like I'm fine. I am fine. If during the presidential commission debates in the fall, whoever the nominee is, wants to use softer language because we are appealing to all Americans, you know, in that instance. Here, I feel like, you know, I feel like just say the word. Right. That makes sense. What did you make of Tulsi Gabbard's comments about abortion being safe, legal and rare? I didn't. I mean, I didn't know what to make of her at all last night. I mean, it's like she definitely, you know, like the thing to take away from last night, I think, is like it's definitely like the last stand for a lot of people. Like several of them haven't qualified for the next debate. And so she came ready, I guess, to be the most conservative Democrat on the stage. I mean, right? Yeah. I feel like that was like her goal. And she used that very specific language in every subject matter. So I didn't feel like her uh, tenuous approach to abortion was much different than a lot of her approaches to many things she attacked last night. I mean, do you think she was auditioning to be a centrist commentator on uh, cable news last night? I think that she, that we will see her be the, (laughs) the, the Democrat on Fox News not long from now. Yeah, that would not surprise me. I sort of hate the whole safe, legal, and rare way of talking about abortion. First of all, it's very 90s. And the 90s are back in many ways, but the 90s should not be back in the way that we talk about abortion. Um, also, like, safe, safe, legal, and rare, I think. Talk about stigma adding totally. to... Totally. I think that, that women who don't want to be pregnant should have every resource at their disposal to not get pregnant. And if they need to have an abortion, that should be readily available to them. That's And when that's exactly right, because when you say that when she says rare, it's to me, it always feels like that without people like Tulsi watching out for us, we would just be having abortions at lunch and like, just stop. <laughs> right. And also, it sounds like a way to talk about steak, right? Rare. <laughs> Look, I like mine well done. That was that joke. <laughs> I like my abortions like Trump likes his steaks. Well done and legal despite other people's judgment. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever written, Alyssa. I don't know. That's funny because I thought it was funny yesterday. I think it's funny today. <laughs> I texted that to you in confidence. Um, <laughs> um, let's talk about Bernie. Yes. Is he a cyborg? Like, did, did he get his did he get a new heart from the same heart farm that Dick Cheney gets all of his hearts? He came back stronger than ever, ever. And I mean this as a compliment, but he came back like a megavirus. Like he <laughs> is resistant to all strains of attack right now. Yeah, he you know, it's it's weird. I I I've never um, been a person that's I'm, I'm like a rare 
uh, per- per- person who's Bernie curious. Like I've, I support many of his policies, but I've never been all in for him, but I've never also found everything that he's said to be anything that he said to be like totally egregious. Like he's somebody who I'm mostly politically in line with, but I'm not, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'd never call myself a Bernie bro, but you know, I, I agree with a lot of things he said. Um, but I've also found him a little bit, uh, cantankerous and unpleasant in public appearances before. And at the debate last night, he was just like, he was angry, but not in a way that felt alienating to me. He was just like, I mean, I know I'm I'm assessing him like how people assess female candidates, but I found him to be really, um, he seemed to be very honest, open, fresh, accessible and angry, but rightfully so. So yes, fully agree. I have a couple of thoughts on this. One, maybe once you've had a heart attack, you really look at things differently. I don't know. Um, two, Bernie has been the face of, you know, democratic socialism, if we want to call it that, for the last 30 or 40 years. And he's been the one defending his beliefs by himself for that entire time. Mm -hmm. And last night, I would definitely say that EW was, you know, deflecting arrows that were being shot at her face. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he also was just like, it's super rad to not be the only person defending healthcare as a human right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing we should talk about. The way that Elizabeth Warren was treated in the debate indicated to me that a lot of people are sort of acknowledging begrudgingly that she's the front runner. Yeah, definitely. Um, how do you think she handled herself? I thought she did well. You know, I think that when you have that many people coming at you from every single angle, I mean, Mayor Pete certainly came loaded for bear. I was shocked when Beto said that she has a punitive approach to things. I feel like on the merit that people were a little bit more personal in their attacks to her. And I know I personally would have been red in the face. My ears would have been red and I probably would have started to sweat. So I thought that she did a really good job. And the other interesting thing is that whereas really, I guess at the, you know, the end of the day, she and Bernie are the two people who are most competitive with each other, right? Because their belief set is most aligned. And I correct me if I am wrong, because it was three hours and I did go to the bathroom once or twice. (laughs) I did not see him take any swipes at her personally, like policy wise. I mean, aside from the fact that she says very clearly, I am a capitalist and he is not. Mm -hmm. But that's a fact. And I didn't I just I didn't see I just thought it was interesting if, if there was one person who I thought would have wanted to like elbow her in the gut to get her off stage, it would have been him and he did none of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really, uh, I, I thought that was an interesting dynamic at play. Joe Biden seemed like he was sort of, I think Jill, Jill Filipovich um, tweeted that every time it seems like he's going to say something, he just kind of floats away. And that that was how I felt. <laughs> that's how I felt about Biden. Um, I want to move on to one more thing, though. At the end of the debate or around uh, last evening, whatever, who could who can say what time is the construct, as Kieran Deal would say? <laughs> The squad endorsed Bernie last night. Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib uh, threw their endorsement behind Sanders last night. What do you make of that? Um, so I think that, so I have a couple thoughts on this. One, Ayanna Presley, also a member of the squad, did not. But recall, she's, you know, from Massachusetts. So I feel like she probably 
couldn't because I think EW did a lot for her. I say this. There are a lot of politicians out there who sit in, you know, their offices and bite their nails and pick their cuticles and are like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Am I going to endorse someone? It's like, I don't want to miss the train, but then I don't want to endorse someone and have them not do well. And I will say that the three of them were just like, fuck that shit. We believe in Bernie and we're going all in. And I give them a lot of, uh, I give them a lot of credit for that because, you know, I don't like using the word like politically courageous, but they're just fucking being honest and they don't care about the blowback or what people say. And I was, I was, I was proud of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's, you know, I hate when I feel myself thinking like a pundit, but it's in my, it's in my body and I can't get rid of it. Uh, Horror movie style. Um, (laughs) There was something about their endorsement. I was, I'm, I'm glad that they feel comfortable endorsing the candidate that, that, that most reflects their values. But there's a, here's, here's my thought. Um, the fact that they didn't endorse Warren is a little bit of a blessing for Warren, I think. Definitely. Um, because those three women, for better or for worse, have been painted as, you know, the embodiment of the, the four, three or four horsemen of the apocalypse or whatever um, by people on the right. And they're used to really whip people up into a frothy froth. And um, so I think that if they would have endorsed Warren, it would have given people on the right more fodder to... Uh, pretend that Warren is going to be this extreme, you know, socialist. She's going to, you know, take everybody's property and give it to a, a bunch of like uh, gay communes or whatever. Like, I, I think if, if they had endorsed Warren, it would have been like flaming vaginas running through the city being like, see, they're coming for everything now. Right, right. I mean, Steve Bannon has been kind of sounding the alarm that like, me too is totally upending the, the social order or whatever. And I think that that fear is that the the root of the fear of the squad because they're like, well, these women are in charge. And when these women are in charge, they're going to treat us just as bad as we treated them when we were in charge. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Okay, Alyssa, I have a roast that is so hard that I think it's flipped all the way over to toast. Like, Please proceed. Okay, so you know that I love holiday movies and holiday-themed Things and I, you know that I love um, puns. Also, you know that I love uh, batshit pitches based on puns. Like you and I have done this. We've gone back. It's and, really you in a basket, quite honestly. Ex- essentially, yes. Okay, so yesterday this tweet came across my feed um, about a forthcoming movie from Netflix called "The Night Before Christmas," and "night" is spelled with a K. So here's here's what it said: Vanessa Hudgens and Josh Whitehouse star in the perfectly titled holiday rom-com The Night Before Christmas. She plays a kind science teacher who has been disillusioned by love, and he's the cursed medieval knight she must help return to his home. First look. And there's, like, it's a holiday movie about time travel. Anyway, I, like, I feel like what happened here is that somebody at Netflix or some screenwriter that's like in enough that that if they just go into a room and exec will be like, yeah, write that. Well, sure, we buy it. Um, I They're starting with puns and they're making up movies around the puns. And it's that is so bad. That is such bad practice that I almost have to respect it. It's it's like it's kind of genius in its own way. Well, I feel like we should we just need to send out as many 
holiday-themed movie puns as we can and see if we can get them to make more. I think we should dare Netflix to make a movie called Don We Now Are Gay Apparel. And what would that movie be about? It would be a divorced dad named Don who designs clothes and whose kids tried to find him a boyfriend for Christmas. I'd watch it. Okay. Um, Also, like... I think a lot of Christmas lyrics have like a horror movie bent to them. Obviously. Like the like Santa Claus is coming to town, you know. He sees you. Like, it's he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. I mean, that is like prime lifetime horror movie starting the day after Thanksgiving. Right. So here's what I think we should do, Alyssa. I think we should come up with you know what I think we should tweet about this. I think I'm gonna tweet at you a random holiday lyric and you're going to respond with the synopsis and we're just going to do this over and over again until we die or are banned. You know what? And I bet people love it because guess what? Twitter needs more holiday shit sooner. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness for Halloween. It is the it is just like the final holding wall between Christmas and just anarchy because it would just be all year. I can't wait to put on my mistletoe headpiece any day now. I can't wait to put on my put my mistletoe pumpkin outside on my porch. And I don't know. It's all the holidays all the time. Um, Okay, Alyssa, do you have a toast or a roast? I do. Quick shout out. So many shouts out, actually, to Anne Curry of NBC Today Show fame. Anne Curry was always fucking awesome. And then she sort of like ascended at the Today Show and Matt Lauer kind of kicked her out unceremoniously. I actually remember watching that show. And it turns out now that we know, thanks to Ronan Farrow, that not only was Ann Curry just fucking rad and smart on television, but she was actually behind the scenes trying to help some of these women who were being victimized, allegedly, at NBC. And I just like fucking good for her. I just, I just, I feel like she deserves a moment and I hope that she gets it because she kind of went away quietly and was still doing interviews. And now we just know that she was like, fucking Wonder Woman. I think Anne Curry is an object lesson in how doing the right thing and being patient can eventually lead to a feeling of vindication that doesn't involve you, you know, keying somebody's car. <laughs> she so just, if she if she had keyed someone's car, it would be completely understandable. Totally acceptable. Like, don't vandalize things. But if you're Anne Curry, I think you have a right to key Matt Lauer's car. There. That's how we're going to leave it. That's, that's how we're going to for that's, the week. That's how we're going to leave it. Matt Lauer deserves at least having his car keyed. <laughs> um, okay, Alyssa, great talking to you as always. And uh, we'll chat more next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love that for Viore. You know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. (laughs) It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. (laughs) 
<laughs> five the, stars. No five, comment. 100% great. That's the type that's my favorite sport. The new the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit. All things that are absolutely essential in a legging. Essential. Uh, I love these leggings. They are cuz you know like not everybody's the same. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like I need a little bit more room around my booty. So I size up a little bit, but then it's it's usually too big in my waist. And so now I just just pull that drawstring. And I don't show show any crack when I bend over. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, you have your baby and I have my butt crack. (laughs) (laughs) For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there, and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh, my gosh, Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to. Won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Okay, we're back. We're back. We haven't been sitting here talking aimlessly for 25 minutes. (laughs) Definitely not. This is the part of the show where I'm joined by three wonderful women to talk about things that we all find interesting. I'm going to introduce my panel today. First up, author of the forthcoming book, A White Man's Guide to White Male Writers of the Western Canon. Nailed it. Dana Schwartz. Hi. Oh, also host of Noble Blood. Yes. How's that going? Really good. We had our, I'm doing like two spooky Halloween October episodes. I love spooky. first one launched yesterday. Love spooky. Did you read about St. Olga? Oh my God, it was so good. Love spooky. Love crazy. Bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty historical happenings. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great to have you here. Thank you. Up next, we have actor and comedian who is currently appearing in NBC's Sunnyside and on the side of buses, Kieran Deal. It's Bus Face Deal. We need your support, Hysteria. We need your support. We're moving to NBC.com next Thursday. It is a website that does not work. So that's Amazing. going to make it harder for you to watch it. But it's on Hulu and hopefully it'll stay on Hulu because um, people will, but will binge it. And it's, a, it's, it's a really fun show. I always say, you know, it's a first season show. I was like if Parks and Rec or Friends or Seinfeld or any of those things, think about back to the first season on like an ensemble show like this it's like stuff takes a second even if it's like it just takes a second for it all to come together the first season of Parks and Rec they like made Leslie Nope like Michael Scott it was really bad yeah and then they had to retool into second season it's like they figure a lot of stuff out between seasons and it's like it it just takes a second Shit's Creek I mean all of these it's it just takes a second so well 
it's I I've really been enjoying it. I've been watching it. I've been streaming it like a true millennial, oh. and I've really been enjoying it. Um, up next, we have actor and comedian Tian Tran. Hello, welcome back. Thanks. I feel like it's been a minute. I know it's really good to be here. I'm glad to have you back. What have you been up to? She's been wearing overalls. I've been. I'm, I'm just wearing dungarees. I'm dressed dungarees. like. <laughs> I'm dressed like goth Mario. Right <laughs> I realized that as I like left the house, I was like, oh. Man, I should have thought of something just a little different. <laughs> I realized that as I was crawling out a pipe and into another <laughs> pipe that led into a new world, <laughs> that I was Mario I popped up Mario? here. <laughs> yes. Mario is a little goth, but you He's look. But you look turtles. twelve. I was. Do really I look twelve? Yeah, you look well. I mean, whenever I think, whenever I think of dungarees. <laughs> As they call it in the old country. I guess I'm not helping myself. I do think people think I look younger than I am. And I think this outfit in particular really makes me look like a teen. Um, I'm happy about it. Yeah. I got some shit yesterday for tweeting that Pete Buttigieg looks or is middle aged. He's 37. He's 37 isn't middle-aged. I'm in my 30s. Yeah. But I am cruising toward getting old. I can't wait to be old. I think all people running for president are middle-aged. Yeah, you are by, by definition. definition. Yeah. If you're a big enough dork to run for president, you yeah. are middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dork factor then. It's the dork. Like, being a dork ages you. He's it, only it worn a button-down shirt for the it last does. 10 years. Yeah, right. He's got, like, a tan line of, like, the stitching in a button-down shirt. <laughs> so he was a 15-year-old growing into middle age. It was like, yeah. yeah. Was just, okay, I yeah. get you. Being yeah. a nerd keeps you young. Being a dork ages you. <laughs> that is such... That yeah. is so wise. So brilliant. There, I said it. Uh, so you're such, on pillows. You're such a precocious teen. Okay. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> okay, it's, it's October, guys. Spooktober. If you're nasty, <laughs> it's not spooked over. Spooktober. It's regular October. I don't know. Um, what does that mean? Spooktober. It's just putting a scary word. It's making a portmanteau that sucks. Yeah. Spooktober sucks. But anyway, I love October because it's Halloween season. And Halloween, as you all know, is a firewall between Christmas madness all year and the sanity of everybody dressing up like murder victims and all that, whatever. Um, so I love Halloween. I love holiday-themed episodes. I want to talk today about costumes. <gasps> Um, but not just Halloween costumes. I want to talk about the costumes that we all wear all the time because like life is a, you know, all the world's a stage. And yeah. stuff. So I'm going to start with you, Tian, because I think it's been the longest since I've seen you. Yeah. Um, what has been your best Halloween costume ever? Ever. Ever. I dressed up as um, <laughs> Maddox Jolie Pitt in college. Oh. That is Angelina, Angelina Jolie's adopted son. Uh-huh. And I... <laughs> Kieran turned around to, like, get information about who that was. <laughs> no, I turned around to be like, is anyone else hearing this? Because I can't turn to you <laughs> while you're talking. No, sorry. Well, you know, I... He, it was the one... It was a time that he was a baby that had, like, a mohawk. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, got a mohawk wig and made a t-shirt that said, Brad's my dad. That's when they were still together. And I was at a college party once where um, someone else was dressed up as Angelina Jolie. And we took, it was a complete stranger. She picked me up and held me on her shoulder. <laughs> and I actually look like a child. I have that show photo. Us the photo. I'll show you the photo. Ask someone else while I look up this, ask someone else while I look up this photo right okay, now. Okay, Kieran, what's your, what's wait, your best? I will just, I just want to just tag, I'll tell you what's the best. But the, the, 
I was in Salem, Massachusetts, and one of the best things I've ever seen is two men dressed head to toe like leaves. They were dressed like covered in fall leaves. They kind of ran around in circles, and then one fell on the floor, and then the other fell on the floor, and then they were just like a pile, and it was very delightful. (laughs) I like that there's a performance aspect to it. Oh, it was amazing. I am a grown grown woman in this photo. I just want you to know that I am— How grown? I'm like 21 in that photo. But like that other woman is this like we are the same size, but for some reason the camera caught us at an angle that I look You look tiny. I look tiny. <laughs> I look tiny. That's, that's a, a lot. I like a, that. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean it's a lot's happening. It's a great it. costume. I'm I'm for You've it. Seen, oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm really proud it. of it. I'm for it. Okay, let me tell you my best one. My best one is from the Halloween episode of uh, of Sunnyside. Oh my god. And I'm wondering if I can can I spoil it? What do you think? Yeah. Yes. 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 It is a uh, it is a completely handmade couture dress that they made out of uh, ta- like chalupa wrappers from Taco Bell. And the name of the care, it's like I'm Taco Bell. And it's the whole thing is just entirely made of wrappers. And it's a bell costume. Like a, a Southern Bell? Southern Bell. <gasps> like Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, oh. And the, and the whole thing is just entirely, it's like couture. It's well, I would get married in that. Which one is your best one without the help of a wardrobe department? <laughs> uh, Tien. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> Dana, which, what's your best one? So I'm obsessed with Halloween costumes. I just want to get that out there that I love Halloween costumes and I love committing. But like my perfect Halloween costume is low effort, maximum impact. Like, cause I'm not someone, I'm like, you know, there's people who cosplay who's like, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? And I'm like, no, no, no. You, the perfect Halloween costume is instantly recognizable and not too obscure, but still like unique. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know I'm building this up too much. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, it sounds like you're doing a math problem. It's like, we need to get to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. I want the most elegant algorithm possible. No, but that's to say, like, I don't like buying a lot of things. I like, like, so, like, in, co- in college, I was um, Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction, which everyone does. Oh. But I love doing the wig. And I worked at a lab. And so I stole a syringe and took the needle out, but put in a paper clip and, and, had glued it to my chest, so I had a syringe sticking out of my Very chest. Very cool. And then one year, this year, I'll, uh, is is that question coming next? Oh, uh, so, you can you can talk about what you're going to do next year. I'm um, I'm flea bagging, but I'm committing. I'm like, this is the year everyone's going to do flea bag. So I like got a wig and a nosebleed, and I have the jumpsuit and three <gasps> Emmys. I tracked down. I'm like, I'm really doing. Are they real Emmys? Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> the best part of your costume is definitely the real awards. They're, that not, you'll have. they're not mine. I know. <laughs> I know. But that's something that's going to let you Are you going to carry them? them around all night? Yeah, I'll carry them. And if I lose them, who cares? They're not mine. <laughs> um, I was going to say, <laughs> what you sound Here's, like your costumes actually sound, after the description, they sound quite basic because you're like, I'm doing what everyone is doing and I'm just trying to do it in a way. Okay, well. That's, that's I mean, I'm being honest. Last, <laughs> that's fair. Last year, I was. Um, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I love that. I was sexy Abe Lincoln one year. So I was like, I was in like a corset and like showgirl from the neck down. Mm -hmm. Uh And then I was beard and hat from the neck up because I thought it was funny. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln is a good good. one. Any of the sexy founding fathers is a good one. It really confuses people. Sexy from the the neck down and (laughs) Abraham Lincoln from the neck up. Yeah, yeah I like good. the low effort. One one year, my girlfriend and I did, We all we did was wear 
um, turtlenecks and leggings. Same. I think we both wore black and we printed out high res pictures. I and I like took a little string and put it around my neck of a camel and she printed out a picture of a big toe. I thought uh, I thought I saw it coming from a mile away yeah. from a mile away. I was thinking too hard about it. I was like thirst desert. <laughs> I was like toe is coming, baby. Um I, in Britain, I was in Britain for Halloween one year, and their Halloween Humble is brag. all. Well, I yeah was born there, so it's like a lot of my, a lot of my family's from there. And again, I'm better brag. than you. I'm better than yeah, you, Dana. Is that humble too? Um, uh, no, I'm better than. You. Okay, anyway, so the the. But in Britain, there's no sexy costumes. It's actually wild. It's like all about being battered and looking. It's like it's very violent. The costumes are quite violent. Oh. So I was like a battered ladybug. It's like the whole point is like, look beat up, look messed up. I love battered it. ladybug. What is the? Is there a pun there that I'm missing? No, there's no it's pun. Just a I was ladybug like ladybug that got in a fight. That's yeah. right. I was just a ladybug, but like with like just just blood and like gore. I and, love that. And then the yeah. British people were like, yeah, battered, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get in a fight, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the the point of the flea bag costume this year is I'm dating someone, and I can be like, just wear a collar, and you're one of my accessories. You're <laughs> oh, the priest, and nice. You just come with me, and he's like, I don't, I don't humble want to. Oh, yeah, he could totally, yeah. do, he could totally do the the priest collar thing. He does not want to dress up for Halloween, but I'm like, this is what you're here for. who is he um i want more information on this glaze this humble brag glaze i met him he's great he's super nice he's very cool um he's He's a frequent hysteria listener yeah well hello to dana's boyfriend who's listening Uh, oh i like the way he doesn't even get his own name well i mean dana is the one who is the 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 shepherd of whether or not that gets injected i mean he has a name does he no just i don't know hot priest (laughs) hot Hot priest priest. i think dana's boyfriend's a pretty like he's canadian but he's real (laughs) ryan Um, reynolds yeah. <laughs> no, Ryan Reynolds is a myth. Everyone agrees. Um, let's talk a little bit about sexy costumes because that's something that has sort of been the bane of my existence. Um, if you go into a Halloween store where everything looks like it's going to give you a rash, <laughs> most of the women's costumes are, none of them are not sexy. Yeah. Um, what do you make of that? And have you ever dressed up in a sexy costume? I liked being in Britain. Where nobody was sexy. No one was sexy. It was so dope. I think it's sexier to to be sexy around it. Like mm-hmm. if you're just in like if you're like a sexy cop, fine. I think it's sexier to to find your unique angle on a sexy costume. Okay. Sexy cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying if you buy like an off the rack sexy cop, oh, yeah. oh, I'm like meh. You have to add something to it. Like make it a little unique, put a little personality in there. Okay. Okay. Have you ever dressed in a sexy costume? I mean, I dress in cut. Co- these are all my college stories. <laughs> I dressed as a sexy elephant. Um, I was, that sounds right. I was. <laughs> this is all tracking. This is all tracking for me. <laughs> because my like faux sorority group of women that that we didn't have sororities and fraternities at school, so like we were a group of women that just you know all hung out together. We all did that too. In okay. College, yeah. And the our senior year. We all decided to dress up as animals. And so I chose an elephant because I thought, because at the time I was still kind of being like, I don't really like this whole sexy high femme thing. But I thought I could play it down with a huge elephant trunk on my face. That's very funny. Which I thought was fun. So I wore like a silver bodycon dress, which I like have never, I haven't worn in 
15 years and high heels and and, a, and an elephant mask. Wow. And I felt okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wore a I wore a sexy maid costume one year in college, not proud of it, but it felt like complete peer pressure. It was yes, like, well, yes. I guess we're all dressing up sexy for Halloween and I it felt like okay, well this is uh, I just didn't have the time to invest in, like, finding a creative costume. And I also didn't have a car. And so it was like, well, I guess I'm just going to the costume store and buying what there is. Yeah. And, like, that's what I'm going to dress up as. One of the things um, that I think about when it comes to, like, peer pressure and Halloween, it feels to me sort of like a microcosm of being a woman in general. Right. Um, and I was thinking about that this past week when a lot of conservatives were giving AOC shit for paying $300 to get her hair cut and colored. Um, for the unfamiliar, um, bless you, first of all, because it's a really annoying story. But uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I know this one. Yeah. I know this one. Yeah. she's uh, She um, was getting some heat in the last week from uh, conservative outlets who found out that she paid $300 for some low lights and a haircut, which if you've ever gotten low lights and a haircut with tip, that's it, reasonably she left it very reasonable. $52 yeah. tip, yeah. which is how much it fucking costs. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm just going to say, I got my haircut yesterday and it cost, and I did not get any color and it cost more than that. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like in Los Angeles, things are expensive. It, things are expensive. And also being a woman is expensive. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, you know, I feel like AOC was in a damned if you do damned if you don't situation like you have to wear this woman costume and ah, fuck you for wearing this woman costume did any of you have any strong reactions to that story besides me it made me so mad yeah i was furious it was, it's just yeah fear it's just like so frustrating and such a crazy double standard. imagine what they would have said if like her hair looked bad yeah it's like it's like in our society it's like in order for people to listen to the words coming out of your mouth your face if you're a woman you have to look a certain way but also Fuck you for trying to look that way. Yeah. It made me think, like, even on a set, it's like the call time of a woman is normally 60 minutes, at least 60 minutes before any man. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, so you just have to get there an hour earlier for your hair and makeup to be done. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have, like, that's the, just because that's part of the prep, right? Of, of. And those are professional people who mm -hmm. are going to try their best to make you look nice. And I think that's like a nice... A nice metaphor. The stress, the stress of like having to care what you look like is an interesting one as a person who has dressed like a garbage bag for my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. It's something I don't really relate to. And so the, the stress of that when you do have to do it and how expensive it is, is, is it's a it's like dealing with the traffic in the city or dealing with weather in New York. It's such a massive, massive part of your life yeah. um, that you can you can kind of ignore if you're in a different place, but like you can't ever really step outside of, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, if you're, if you can step outside of gender, but then that's also a conscious choice. I've also right? found that it's, especially for dressing professionally, there's such like a narrow. So especially in this entertainment industry, I was like going to an interview and I was like, all right, I need to look nice, but not like stiff and not like, you know, not like businessy because it's a creative industry. And the, there's so much weird gray area for how a woman should dress. And I'm like, I just want to be able to wear jeans and a button down shirt. Like, mm -hmm. I know, of course I could. But the, the male equivalent, the female equivalent of that for men, where it's like sometimes the way a man presents himself is so easy and, and accessible. And 
finding that equivalent as a woman is so tricky. Mm -hmm. I read a Tina Fey article pretty early on where she's like, oh, you always like try to show up and dress nice for these like stylists or whatever. And she's like, and they're always in all black. And I just was like, all black. Got it. Noted. Uh huh. And that's how we have dungarees. (laughs) This morning I was telling Tian, I woke up and I was like, what would Tian wear? And I put on a turtle. Oh my gosh, I'm making an impact. Um, it's not your words that matter. No, no, no. it's the way I look. Your style. That's <laughs> yeah. all I care Star. about. Well, it's Star. that. It's that. Um, it's all about that meme that went around like a couple months ago, or was that a year ago, where Beyonce is dressed to like the absolute nines, oh, and Ed Sheeran yeah. is looking in a like. T-shirt. He's like in a bin raccoon to bring he, it back. A bin raccoon. To bring, it, bring it back to AOC. <laughs> did he did he call he, himself well, a bin raccoon? No. When AOC AOC has a long term partner who is a man who is, I would say, on the uh, attractiveness scale, lower than she is. Yeah. Um, by and, how much? By how much? Oh, uh, by like, like five four, points. Four or five points. Whoa. That how, was, what's the, um, what's the scale? Out of one, one to ten. Oh, I, was I would say one to ten. fifty. I would say one oh, to ten. Oh, snap. Damn. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. Well, AOC is... Aaron throwing shade. Look, it, that's not what matters. Yes. I'm sure they, they've been together for a long time and they support each other or whatever. But Everything melts in when, the end. When picture... Exactly. We're all going to be dust. Um, but there, a picture of him surfaced oh, and people were dust. like, people were like, oh, our boyfriend looks like a, a bin, bin raccoon. raccoon. No. Who said this? Uh, people the on internet. Twitter. Mean people on Twitter. God, Twitter's... So- you know, though, it's like, it's so British sounding and it's like the way they insult is like it's mean but it's so like beautiful like yeah it's like sometimes it's like i can just admire i can admire like the beautiful language uh-huh. do you know what i mean like the way that they put together like the way that people will insult trump mm-hmm. it's like you know? cellar door yeah bin raccoon <laughs> yeah yeah it's got it like the bin raccoon is it like it's like a rhythm to it yeah yeah um but i want to talk a little bit about so like aoc made me think about you know i was thinking about halloween thinking about costumes thinking about what we're all expected to wear and how much time it takes for us to put on our woman costume and how many different woman costumes there are like I I recently moved and my closet situation is untenable it is like a third the size of my closet in my old place and there's not enough room for three three dressers and I'm sharing a space with my fiance and it's like I have so much stuff I have to put like boxes of sweaters in the garage but I can't I've gotten rid of everything I can get rid of because I have to wear like there I the idea of not having the right thing to wear for something makes me so nervous. The yeah. amount of stress that you've just, like you were like actually sputtering I'm, over your words. I'm, I'm so stressed out about it. And I've been thinking a lot about, you know, on one hand, like this is the world that we live in. On the other hand, this fucking sucks. And I've been thinking a lot about a feminist philosopher named Judith Butler, who... Um, JB. 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 We JB. have to respect JB. Um, we, we, you know, in conversations about gender as a performance and femininity as a costume, like we... It's sort of like Judith Butler is the center of the star that provides all the gravity for those conversations. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's somebody that if you haven't read her and you really like to get down with philosophy, you should. Um, I'm going to read from her. 19- I swear I'm not going to college prof out anymore on this. Um, Judith Butler wrote in 1988. JB. 1988. Um, 
In this sense, gender is in no way a stable identity or locus of agency from which various acts proceed. Rather, it is an identity tenuously constituted in time, an identity instituted through a stylized repetition of acts. Further, gender gender is instituted through the stylization of the body and hence must be understood as the mundane way in which bodily gestures, movements, and enactments of various kinds constitute the illusion of an abiding gendered self. Basically, to paraphrase... Gender is a, a performance. Yeah, JB. We were trying to do it together. <laughs> I know. I, we, we I, failed. I looked at you, but I, and then I, yeah. I you, said, you, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tian, how do you process like gender as a performance being more mainstreamed now than it ever has been? Uh, I mean, I it's I feel like it's it's always been mainstream. I mean, like we've all been performing gender since we were born and it's been forced upon us. But I think the conversation around what gender looks like or what is gender is now for the first time in the conversation. And folks are trying to folks that are being very thoughtful are exploring the fact that it is this social construct that has been pushed on us. Mm-hmm. Like personally, I when I was when I was younger and in the closet, it 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 really the performing of like high femininity to me was so important because mm-hmm. i wanted to pass as straight and in my mind that is what a straight a straight woman like wore heels and and i know that's so like reductive of that particular gender presentation but for me i wanted to pass as a straight woman and so i focused so much on like what i thought it would be and what a society tells you that women should dress like so it was like long hair makeup you know like all the things that were kind of um, that are thrown at us all the time. And then when I came out, I went through a, a phase of like wanting to be read as queer and read as a lesbian. And that really kind of fucked with me too, because mm. I like didn't necessarily align with what like people's stereotypical um, depictions of lesbians are because mm-hmm. we have been shown such a very specific kind of woman that is a lesbian um, when in fact like as you said all women all genders can can present however but I like kind of wore butcher clothes and felt very uncomfortable I went through a phase of wearing like <laughs> my J. Crew printed phrase phase I would wear like short sleeve button down shirts from the men's department <laughs> that <laughs> that had like like, you know, the ones that have like boats on them and like <laughs> like weird patterns. And I mean, you guys knowing me now that that is just like not how I present. But I did that for a whole year and I felt like closer to what I was trying to figure out. So all of this to say is that it's it's a it it's like a long journey that can change however you want to change. And it's about how you how you feel and how you want to present to the world in a way that makes you feel good. And now I've gotten to a place now where I'm like. You know, I don't care if people can read me whether or not they're, I'm a queer or a lesbian because I am one. And this is how I'm going to present in the world as goth Mario. <laughs> what makes me what fascinates me is as someone who doesn't dress up that often. It's like when you really put in the effort to dress up, the world changes the way they treat you. Mm-hmm. you the, the world treats you different, not just different, but better a lot better. Like you are treated better. Like so, the way someone will open your car door if you're like, you know, valeting, whatever it is. Like but that's a terrible example. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of a good example <laughs> out of my head. But I was just like, or I had a friend, it's like she went to the same bank every day. Right. And it's like mm-hmm. she'd show up kind of looking like a hobo, like just like whatever from the gym. Ignored, ignored, ignored. One day is like kind of dressed up. Oh, ma'am, like sit over here. Oh, go yeah. to this line. Like it's literally the way you walk through the world. It 
changes the way that people interact and treat you. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that it's a performance, it's like, well, like there's a reason why people, you know, it's like there is a result oriented aspect to Mm -hmm. that. Right. It's like if I if I need certain things from the world, it's like the way sexuality can be like treated as though like when women weaponize it, it's like they're kind of like dinged for weaponizing it. But it is a true power. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that. So these are this is a very, you know, fascinating thing to me because it's like I am a person who doesn't like to put in the time. But when you do put in the time, it 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 does change the way you can or in my experience, it's changed the way I can navigate through Mm -hmm. the world or certain rooms or with strangers. And sometimes that attention is very unwanted. And so it's like because it's unwanted, I'm like, I don't want to try. Well, right. People assume that when you dress up like that, that you want the way that they're going to like that, that that choosing to dress is always for other people and the way that other people are going to, to treat you. And I don't know that men experience the same thing as much as women do. Dana, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, sort of jumping off that. I think when when you dress a certain way, it absolutely conveys to the world how you want to be treated. But also, I've noticed that when I dress up a certain way, I carry myself differently and, and approach, I don't know, like, you know how sometimes when you wear a costume, like, not like saying you become that costume, but in sort of like a superhero way, like whatever. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I find that mm. if I'm in like, because I you normally dress like whatever, but if I'm in like heels and a blazer and blah, blah, like, I think I like my spine is straighter and I think I act a certain way different. Like I think not to get all like back to philosophy, but like the mask becomes the person. And all that, outside like, in. It's outside, outside in. in. Yeah. I find sometimes when I dress up in like a dress and wear a full face of makeup, I feel more competent. I've, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like after a breakup, if I feel really bad or something, it's like I've definitely done a thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to like dress up and like feel a little bit more human and not spend the whole day in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it, it can be like the cognitive dissonance of it. It's like, oh, well, if I'm, you know, put together, that must mean I am put together. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I'm I'm sad, but I'm smiling. Yeah. <laughs> am I happy? I'm yeah. happy. This is Who am I? Like. How do I get a trip to Holland? Well, like, <laughs> honestly, dressing up in clothes. You know what that ex- means. Like Sweden? Sweden? Holland? Uh, you know what Holland means. We learned it on this podcast. Holland is where you can have the... It is Holland. Yeah, it's yeah. Holland. It's where you can have the what? What? I don't remember. I don't remember the last eight years of my life. The way, the way you sounded so attacked. You were just like, <laughs> how dare you? I don't know. I don't know, Kieran. I don't fucking know. What is no, it? My, my brain is full and it's a one in one out policy. <laughs> so Holland is where you can go to have the um, the the if you're not into living. You know, they'll help, oh, they'll help yeah. you out of the hospital. Yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to uh, add is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan just glazes over. I was like, you know, so now yeah. in my life and in my circles, it's like, oh, well, maybe we should go to Holland, you know? Um, it's always a I Can I confess, I was runner. actually thinking that uh, of Midsommar. I thought that you were you were oh. pitching the Midsommar because oh. she's really sad at the beginning of that movie. Right. And then she, she Midsommars. I mean... So I like midsummer as a verb is also good. Sorry, yeah. we're interrupting. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Well, I was, wax, I was gonna say uh I was gonna say one thing though about like trying to dress a certain way. Sometimes I think putting on a got it together costume kind of can kickstart me in a way that will like make me feel like I got it together. But on the other hand, if there's like something deeper and more pressing that's wrong than just simply I'm feeling a little off then dressing up and being like I'm going to be okay because I'm dressed up it's sort of like 
if I just sat here and started coughing and is like, I have pneumonia now. Like you can't make yourself have a thing inside from like presenting it yeah. outside. No, I think it can, it can, if you're, if nothing is actually medically wrong with you and you're just like, I have the blahs, it can be like a little boost. Yeah. Um, one thing I was recently, uh, getting my makeup done and this is a thing that like, humble brag. No, I know. <laughs> getting my makeup done and uh the makeup artist like i i was like really sleepy before and the ma- makeup artist after he was done like putting eyeliner on me he backs up and he goes oh it's amazing how just a single black line can make such a difference and i was like oh my god love this man let's meet this man and have him on the pod I, everyone else is like ahing and i was like i want to know him right but it's take like, that guy around but it's like oh Be okay this people. is this is eventually eventually the thing that you your 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 like woman outfit is like what people expect you to be all the time. So like if you're not wearing, if I'm not wearing eyeliner, one time I, I showed up the makeup room at a cable news channel, not wearing the red lipstick I was normally wearing, and the makeup people were like, "Hello, can I help you?" And I was like, "I'm here four times a week." You and they were like, "Oh, Aaron, I didn't recognize you without <laughs> your red red lipstick on." It was like, "Holy fuck!" Have I become the thing that I put on my face? Have I become the thing that it I sounds wear? Sounds like that lady had facial yeah. blindness. <laughs> it's possible. Any anytime I have, I get my makeup. I don't done. recognize you without the red lipstick. I've passed you in the grocery stores and streets. Wait, really? No, no, you have. No, I haven't. How would you I'm even? I'm joking. How Jesus. would you even know? See, that's the thing that like. How would you even know that you passed me yeah. if you didn't know who I am? It's true. That's the thing that scares me. Is like, what if people, what if I get to a point where people only know the version of me that took the time in the morning to blow dry my hair straight and put makeup yeah. on my face? And like, sometimes I get scared to use Instagram filters because I think it's going to give me body dysmorphia. And right. I, I legitimately I think don't, it does give people that. I, I was, I was doing it and you know like in, like I was doing like one that like made my lips bigger and made my eyes bigger and made my skin like smoother and I was like looking at myself and I like couldn't look away from it it was very like narcissus in the in the river in the stream someone who knows Greek mythology whatever it is it's a body of water it's yeah. a body of water and I was like I am going to literally and metaphorically drown myself by staring at this reflection of what I what a prettier version of myself would look like. She's actually still looking at it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I'm staring crazy. at it. Yeah, she has <laughs> really been troubling. maintaining yeah. eye contact with her big-eyed self for this <laughs> entire She's part. surprisingly cogent, given the amount yeah. of time she's been spending looking at her own <laughs> photograph. Dana's a really smart but woman. I had, I had to, like, wrestle it away from myself. I was like, no, don't do that. Don't you know, use Instagram filters. That's a great Justin Bieber video. Well, uh, so <laughs> a music video waiting to happen. It's so, just like, the, like your own hand pulling your own hand away. Erin, this is the reason why I don't try. That's my help. Um, <laughs> everything you're describing is keep the expectation low. And then it's like, ah, this is what you get. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and then when people are like, wow, when the, the opposite is also true. When people are like, wow, yeah, it's, it's so too much. It's too much. It's like, all right, everybody relax. What, 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 what do we think? Was I, I'm sorry, was I walking around with poop on my face? <laughs> damn, damn. When I get makeup done for shows and stuff, I, it feels like I'm in drag. Like I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I am not myself and then I spend the whole day just being like <gasps> and I've gotten better now because I, I now I'm like in the industry and you kind of have to uh, but I do feel it, I, it's, I feel like it's my drag when I get a full face of makeup on yeah feeling like yourself no matter what you're wearing is remembering that the core of the individual is the same regardless of what the outer presentation is and Who's that's a kind philosopher of, yeah well that's an internal yeah. no but that's an that that is an internal shift that I think that 
maybe culturally we don't necessarily support, but it's remembering that you can, you can, you genuinely can present however you want. And it's totally. like the, 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 in, the internal narrative is the same. Yeah. But there's, I, um, I think you can, I can, you can to a point because there, I mean, if you're, if you're like non-binary and you're presenting in a way that challenges folks perception of how men and women should dress, like you're, you aren't safe in certain spaces. So I would love, like, I think you can't, I would love for people to be able to present however they can present, but some folks do anyway and can't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I would, and I'm talking about the internal narrative oh, yes. experience, not, not like the external results are very real. Right. right. Yeah. Like, and you're going to have to deal with and interface with the world. Right. I mean, you walk, consequences for your you walk through the world knowing who you are deep down inside, but then you're also getting all of this information and feedback mm-hmm. that contradicts that where you walk through the world and, you know, one day you walk into the bank looking like ass. And then the next day you walk into the bank wearing, I don't know, curtains that you made a dress out of like scarlet <laughs> and gone with the wind. Um, and people treat you differently. So even though deep down Wait, you're the like... the curtains is the good one? The curtains this? is the good one. <laughs> They're not like, she's poor and desperate. They're like, no, she's... Woo, look at that wealthy lady. Also she's the really family. trying. <laughs> she's, We're a little frightened. That's <laughs> what I want to go for generally. <laughs> yeah, if I'm wearing curtains, call my mom. I'm. It's danger time. I have to wonder if maybe I'm not at that point where I'm like, oh, I'm whoever I am, because I like, like, I'm drawn. I really like dressing up for Halloween, and, like, I'm not, like, a weird cosplayer. Not that cosplayers are weird, but I, that's, like, not my scene. But, like, I do sometimes, like, even in, like, my regular clothes, like, feeling like I'm putting on a persona. Mm-hmm. Like, I, sometimes I make jokes. Like, I take a picture of myself in my mirror, and I'm like, look at the day. And I, like, make a joke of, like, the type of person I am that day. And I do sort of, like, like putting on the costume cape of dressing like a different type of person and becoming more confident. It's you're, like treat, my, you're treating it like play, though. Yeah. It sounds like it's with like a sense of play and curiosity, which is probably if you have to participate, a good way to approach it yeah. so that it feels fun, like the way a kid would dress up. It's like Beyonce, her like Sasha Fierce, but my Sasha Fierce is like someone who can go to a grocery store and like be confident <laughs> interacting with people. This is very sad. I know. <laughs> very sad. But that's it. It's like her Sasha Fierce is like her alter ego. And mine is like, I can call a doctor and make right. an appointment. And like, I need that. I'm a sad person. You're making me sad. <laughs> no, I get that. It's, it's like fine. those daily the daily errands. You need to have a look. Yeah. I feel that way. And I have a specific look for when I go to the doctor. I have a spe- you know, like, I get that. I, yeah, like, it's my, I can feel the eyes. Thank you. It's what it comes down to is like, as you guys are talking, I'm like, wait, is this why I'm single? <laughs> it's just like also the, rev- there's also like a little bit of an internal revelation happening. Um, one of the things that I really. It's because you don't, it's because you it's, don't have a relationship look. Yeah, you got to put on your girlfriend costume. Yeah. You got You can get one in a plastic bag in one of the Halloween stores. Sexy that's in girlfriend. The sexy girlfriend costume. I just need to borrow your red lip and your blazer, yeah. Dana. You looked at me, paused. That was so <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know. I didn't mean that to come up as cruel as it did, and I apologize. You were a valuable person. Um, I've gotten into blazers lately. Because I'm not wearing a blazer. Yeah, I know. I know. I think bla- blazers really, you <laughs> <I> know. know. <laughs> She's wearing a turtleneck. Um, blazers really uh, can give you a a jump start. I've, I, I was texting Tia oh, about yeah, this. Actually, I'm, I'm not wearing a blazer. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got a blazer. I gave you a challenge. I know. The None blazer. of us are wearing blazers. People can't hear that. You would if I were wearing a blazer. You could hear the blazer in my voice. Yeah, yeah. I think I can th- hear when Aaron's wearing a blazer. Yeah, I can hear it over a text. Do you I'm find sh- it in heels? Sometimes I feel way more powerful when I'm in heels. Um, this is going like to sound stomp a man's throat. This is going to sound like this is this is a, I'm telling on myself a little bit here. But um, growing up, because we didn't have a, a lot of money, um, 
now as an adult uh, who's been working for, you know, however long and having no children and thus having disposable income, I feel very confident when I'm wearing something that I couldn't have afforded when I was a kid, which is yeah. like a really like awful thing to tell on myself. But like, you know, I have clothing that I never could have afforded and I bought it for myself being like, I feel like I want to have this thing that I could never have had before. That's that very I, empowering symbolically. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, because expensive things are often a better quality like they are uh-huh. yeah. and then also that's really empowering it's like a reminder to yourself of like that you've earned a thing yeah it's it, also the brainwashing of capitalism <clears throat> yeah yes. it, it also like i it's a it's a kind of ugly joy it's like yeah. i put it on and i'm like i feel great that i'm wearing this you know blazer from this from nordstrom that i bought or whatever and then um at, then i you know go about my day and i live in a town with like a fucking very bad homelessness problem. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, also I have some of the things that I have are obviously indirectly at the expense of other people. And it makes me feel bad. So I'm like, the thing that makes me feel good also makes me feel bad. And it's, uh, I think that applies also to makeup um, as Mm -hmm. a like very femme presenting woman, uh, putting on makeup and seeing the way that I'm treated as a result of it, I see that that treatment isn't accessible to other people in other demographics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that treatment comes a little bit at the expense of those people in demographics. And so, yeah, I guess it's just like a complicated way to process this costume that is available for me to put on and that I put on and that I take advantage of. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm taking advantage of a yeah. hierarchy that sucks. Can but I- sometimes sometimes I feel like, OK, like sexuality would be available to me and I get annoyed with myself for not utilizing it more because so many things aren't available to me. You know, like I, I can't walk into the room as a white man. Like mm-hmm. I can't I'm never going to be able to wa- I'm never going to be able to walk in with They're male, like, here, with, have a Star Wars. That's right. I can't, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. never going to walk in with that male privilege. And so it's like, OK, but like. We all have advantages and disadvantages, no matter who you are. You have something, you you know, and whether that's... I, I think that sexuality is a devil's bargain, though. I think it's like, yes, it's yeah. a thing where you that's can get true. a short-term advantage by using it, but a long-term massive disadvantage. I think because there's consequences down the line for yeah. how it's perceived <clears throat> in the culture. And I think that mm. it, it, there's a mm. limitation to how high you can get yeah, using nobody's it. slept their way all the way to the top. And forever. Yeah. Again, like, I think, like, presenting... Hypersexual can get you a tiny bit of an advantage temporarily, but in the long that's, run, it costs that's, you. That's just, I'm sorry, that's a pitch for a Netflix show. No, but it it's like, it's just literally that's like, that's the, that is the tagline. That is literally the tagline. No one slept their way all to the top. And I was like, I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> I am watching this woman try. Fuck <laughs> yes. Do it. I yeah, am in. Do it. We believe in her. Yeah. The breaking bad of fucking. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> but that's like, the Aaron, breaking bad of it. Fucking bad. Fucking bad. Can I tell you all? the most shameful presentation change that afterward I was embarrassed for myself. Go for it. Yeah. I was at a coffee shop, humble brag. Heard of it. After going on a... <laughs> Whatever you say, I want you to know, I am going to, at the end of it, I'm just going to be like, nobody That's... slept their way all the way to the top. <laughs> like, whatever you say, you can just finish this sentence with like, and I was sobbing. And then it was just like... <laughs> I was at a coffee shop, uh, and I had just gone on a jog. N- no makeup, slightly sweaty, in a Hysteria t-shirt Woo. Uh, and shorts and, and gym shoes. And at my coffee shop, Harry Styles walks in, a very attractive person who up until that point, I did not realize I was sexually attracted to. But then you see him in person. And you're like, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Involuntarily. He's got high hair. Yeah. He and does. did you see his new video? It's very queer very and hot. Queer yeah. and sexy. Yeah. Uh, involuntarily. I took my hair out of its ponytail. 
and took off my T-shirt. So I was just in a sports bra. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even recognize it. It was like, t- I like blacked out and I came to. And sure. I was like, oh, it's because he's attractive. And this is just what happened. And on the way home, I was like, what's wrong with you, Dana? Nobody uh, slept their way all the way to the top. I feel like I'm fucking up the tagline. I've added a couple. Yeah, you're of, like, <laughs> nobody, nobody got in bed and had sex to the top of the game. Yeah, exactly. It's just gotten worse, worse and worse as I've said it more and more. I, just, I like kind of have forgotten it and we'll have to listen back to the podcast. I had a similar experience with Mahershala Ali. He was at a, uh, he was at a, uh, a, he's, he's a, like, he is, I think, the next Meryl Streep in terms of like yeah. how fucking yeah. talented he is. But he was at like, this was like when he'd only done House of Cards. And he was at a uh, an award show that I was uh, I was a date to somebody who was nominated for an award. I know, not a humble brag, just, just a brag, just hard brag. <laughs> it's a hard brag. But we ended up in the same like little cocktail area, and it was like he looked at me, and I was like, <laughs> like I couldn't. I had to leave. I was like, I've, I'm out. I got to get out of here. This is too much for me to process. Um, but at the same time, that was when I was like the most glammed and confident I could possibly have been. Also, I had a boyfriend. so But it was just like I couldn't even I was even at the top of my confidence. I couldn't bring myself to. You know what I say to that, Aaron? What? No one signed their way all the way to the top. <laughs> okay, this was okay. one. This is this one is funny. It was like three in the morning, maybe three three o'clock in the morning, and I was in a grocery store, a Vons. I went to go get juice. Three o'clock in the morning. Yes, I was going to finish. I was working on that film about women rebel soldiers in Nepal that went to HBO. That was like a little independent uh, documentary that I was working on, and and it was like so fucking awesome. The yeah. deadline. It was like we were on the like the deadline to like get it done, and you know, I really looked, and I mean, normally. I won't wear makeup and stuff, but it's like I looked genuinely like I'm talking like Ugg boots and like sweatpants over the Ugg boots. You look sick. You look yeah, like, yeah, I looked, yeah, <laughs> I looked orange juice because like something was wrong. C. It was like the bun was like wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean, it was like yeah. it was like there's like you that, escaped from like a, a hospital where you should have been quarantined for like rabies. A little quarantiny kind of vibes, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Bin raccoon so, in the bin. Now there's another girl who is kind of like also like a brown chick who has clearly been because it must have been like a Friday or a Saturday night, and so it's like she walks by the juice in these like heels, and she's so pretty. Before and after. Oh, and it was like the guy from Sex in the City was there. Which one? Which one, Aiden? Yeah. He was there watching the two of us, watching (laughs) us. And it was like, it was like shameful. I don't feel shame. And it was like, it was rough. I told my mother about this. My mother was like, well, Kiran, you should know, like you live in Los Angeles. Like, Kiran, if you're going to leave the house, (laughs) you have to try, Kiran. You can't just be walking around looking like anything. And I was like, it was three in the morning at a grocery. What was Aiden doing at the grocery store? John Corbin, right? Is that his name? It was very sad. It was like, it was, it was a very quiet, loud tragedy that like no one else could like, like appreciate. Cause like this girl just like walks by beautifully. And then it's like, I just trail behind and it's like, don't mind me. (laughs) You're like her shadow. (laughs) The shadow's alive. That's right. It was like in us. Yeah. It's like in Jordan Peele's movie. I was the one who lived in the basement. Yeah. I was tethered. I was like, don't look. By the way. The tethered easy 2019 Halloween. Ooh, so good, yeah. such so a good. good one. People, I think, are gonna. My my theory is that this year it's gonna be the year where the girl is the midsummer girl in a flower crown because girls love flower crowns, mm. and her boyfriend's gonna be in a bear costume. 
Oh, oh yeah, because low impact couple, people couple get costumes. to be like, ah, clever. Well, and we were we were gonna go as the evil lifeguard couple from Stranger Things. Cute, because um, Josh kind of looks a little bit like the guy. He just needs a mullet. He just needs a mullet. <laughs> he just needs a mullet wig, and I sort of look like vaguely like the girl. I just need like a red swimsuit and like a banana clip. Yeah, um, this is why this year I'm gonna dress like uh, what's her name that married that Jonas brother, Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra. Chopra. <laughs> I'm joking. I will say when I we was... don't look alike. That was a. Uh, Right. Why are you looking at me? I didn't. I didn't say you looked no, alike. I'm nodding with I'm someone. <laughs> um, okay, guys, uh, what do you think besides the midsummer costume? What do you think is going to be the big 2019 Halloween costume? Oh. Ooh, Fat Thor. Fat Thor. What? Oh yeah. Did you not see the oh. new Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> He's what, like, are people going to do the Joker? Oh. oh yeah. People are. That'd gonna... be a good girl costume. Yeah. Girl oh like no! This. Let's just forget the Joker happened and culturally move on. <laughs> Don't dwell. Just everyone, just yeah. move on. Forget I about it. I think political themed costumes might be a bit. I mean, like sexy whistleblower is like an easy one. Oh, uh, just dress like a referee. Yeah, sexy referee. Call yourself a whistleblower. That's fun. Um, but yeah, I think I think that there'll be some political ones. There'll be low impact ones. I think that like pop culturally, there's so much culture now that it's impossible to know like how people are gonna dress. The tethered. Yeah, the tethered. I think is a very good one. Um, are you gonna go as anything, Karen? Yeah, I told you I'm gonna get that Taco Bell costume. Then I'm gonna go into a. Are okay. they letting you keep it? Well, I gotta talk to them. But yes, like, <laughs> let's put it in the world that it's a couture fucking chalupa dress that's made for my body. So let's go get that thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it fits me. Mm-hmm. And then I really do want to go into a Taco Bell and be like, "What do you guys have here? You're the pre- you're the heiress of Taco Bell. Oh, yes, oh my Bell. god. Oh, do you have any food? You know, <laughs> my father said I could have anything I wanted. That's right. That's right. And I was like, but but I should know what to order. You know, a lot of that. Like, Bring well, me one of everything, please. Yes. Papa would want it. Yeah. It's for Papa. For Papa. For Papa, please. My name is Esmeralda Bell of the Taco Bell family. Everybody thought you're like the Anastasia of Taco Bell. Like That's you're right. the one survivor of a massacre wow. of the family. Wow. I love this. Let's We're, pitch, I think we should pitch this. Let's pitch this out. Tagline? Nobody sleeps their way all the way to the top. <laughs> there's too many there's their too ways. Many there's, there's too many alls and there's too many their ways. You want a very pithy, elegant yeah, version of it, Ryan. Give me the notes off mic, Karen, okay? Uh, no, yours was good. Yeah, we're well, adding a bunch. pithy and elegant the way yours, you did. Yours was the equivalent of James Cameron uh, walking into uh, the room and pitching aliens by doing a dollar sign at the end. A thing that I came up with. Yeah, I feel like you could walk into Shonda, Shondaland right now and just say that and she'd be like let's yes. 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 Si, se puede. yes all right ladies let's put on our uh our commercial costumes and read ads and then we're gonna take a break and come back and we're gonna do the hills will die on the crooked store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights don't The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. Thank you. 
And we're back. We are at the part of the show where we take uh, really strong stances about things that really don't matter that much compared to the other things in the grand scheme. It's the hills we'll die on. Let's get started with the listener hill. My name is Shanda and I'm from Michigan. The hill I will die on is more is not always merrier. Don't wait for me to commit to plans and then tell me you hope I don't mind, but you invited your friend Jane. Listen, (laughs) I mind. I may not have energy for Jane. And yes, she's nice, but I don't want to tell her my embarrassing or personal stories. So please keep in mind, Mm -hmm. more is not always merrier. Wow, fuck Jane. Yeah, first fuck of all. Jane. Yeah. Jane can, fuck Jane. Jane, can, <laughs> Jane is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, hard agree. I hate that. Yeah? Yes, I don't like it. Uh, it depends on like what the sort of plan is. Like if it was like it's a friend that I haven't caught up with for a long time and I have a lot of personal things I want to say. Yes, that. Um, then I don't want somebody else, you know. But you know, I guess if it's like a party situation, I don't, I don't. Mind. A party, but what she's describing is like that thing where you're like, oh, I made plans with my friend who you probably have, like you have probably haven't seen, and yeah, they've invited Jane, that Jane. bitch. Uh, I agree, hard agree. <laughs> <laughs> They're big guys. Everybody's been making boomerangs yeah, all sorry. episode. We <laughs> haven't seen each other in a really long time, and now we're having. <laughs> we're children. <laughs> we're children right now. All right, I'm going that's to. That's a good one, though, Aaron. That is a really. That's, I'm going to use that as a reaction all the time. Captures Dana's. Ass essence fully and completely and she doesn't move very much in the picture which is what's hilarious she's just literally giving a middle it's finger Dana giving a middle finger and shaking with rage it looks like um okay i'm gonna do my hill now as you all know that i, I have a very uh, paranoid and conspiracy minded brain like i love also I like, like the setup yeah, yeah. the setup like I can't, I, every every single day I go out into the world and I'm like, what's the scam? What's going on here? So um, here's something I was thinking about today as I was driving in traffic. Uh, I think that part of the reason that traffic is getting so bad everywhere is because driving apps make everybody worse. And it's just, they make everybody just a tiny bit worse. Like everybody, like, and driving apps, for example, my ways will sometimes not give me enough of a heads up that I need to get all the way over to the right in on the freeway, which will cause me to make like a really, you know, jack move or whatever. And I see that all the time. Sometimes I see people driving and it's like, why are you, why are four people trying to take a left off this road <laughs> with no signal? It's fucking apps. Yeah. Apps are, are driving us into like these really nonsensical places that we should just be able to use our senses to overcome. I think that driving apps are partly to blame for how bad everything is. I have a tiny hypothetical question that I want to pose about about ways. Hypothetically, do you think people would abuse a system if ways is like, if you're in a super rush, like you're super late, you can press something and it'll give you a quicker route yes. and everyone else will be in a yes, normal... Yes, people will abuse that. People do abuse that. But like, wouldn't that be a perfect world if ways could like manage people where if, if you're not in a huge rush, you go a certain way. But if you're in a huge rush, they'll tell you this way. Yes, a world without Ugh, violence yeah. and equality and justice. I don't like Waze. You guys still use Waze? I am using Waze. Well, I, partly because I programmed Cookie Monster's voice onto it. And it just, like, was always a delight. It would be like, you take left turn. <laughs> and it was like every single time I would turn it on, it would just I would just start laughing. I didn't best. know that Cookie Monster was on it. You can do Oscar the Grouch, too. Wow. There's certain, um, like, trucking companies and stuff that actually don't uh, program left turns into their because because they of shouldn't. the amount they should because of the amount of time it takes uh, and the amount of time it it increases the route um, and Waze is it's like all left turns Waze wants me joke. to make unprotected lefts like I'm yeah. suicidal that's right yeah, that's, that's, that's right, right. Raw it's dog like, it, this is like turns. the version it's like a ho- it's like the Holland of 
That's like the Holland of of your <laughs> driving of, app. of drawing app driving apps. Um, do you want to go with your hill? Wait, I was gonna. There was one other thing what? about apps. No, bad said, driving. Oh, in the office, there was an episode of the office very early on where they're using a GPS and they're, they're right going, by the bushes oh, yeah. and then they just drive into the lake. They're like, just trust it, just trust <laughs> it. The app knows, and they just like end up in a lake. Anyway, so. ah, okay, Dana. All right, my hill is slightly more serious, but it pissed me off because I was watching the Democratic debates last night. Let's stop using the phrase "abortion should be safe, legal, comma." And rare. I hate that phrase. I hate that compromise. Sure, I get what you're going for. You're saying like, yeah, it should be rare because we should be funding like contraception and sex education. Great. But by saying it, you're stigmatizing it. Like, let's start by making sure it's safe and legal, period. Like, Heart surgery should be safe, legal, Mm -hmm. and rare. But no one says that because no one shames people for getting heart surgery. By the time that if you're inserting the rare in, no matter what your point is, you're conceding ground to the far right who are going to make sure that it's neither safe nor illegal. Mm-hmm. So just stop saying that because that's a devil's compromise and start with the first two and end with a period. Also, Tulsi, I mean, we, we talked, Alyssa and I got to talk about the debate uh, earlier and like Tulsi Gabbard was the one who brought that up. Yeah. And like, what the fuck, Tulsi? Tulsi, you're, you're, you're hot. You're out, you're out of the... I'm sexually attracted to Tulsi Gabbard. Keep going. <laughs> that's not the point I was going wow. to make, but thank you for admitting that in this yeah, safe space. Um, no, I, I think Dana's that... still looking at herself in the mirror. <laughs> and now I have a gray streak. I kind of look like Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, she, yeah, she's. Um, I'm she's... into like the Claire Saffitz, Stacey London thing. Oh, uh, okay. That and makes... Rogue from X Men. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But um, <laughs> personal. But, but like, she's not going to be in the next debate. So it's sort of like, and actually, I think like that is a hill to die on. But that's not like a that's not a minor thing. I think that semantics and the words that we yeah. use when we talk about women's health um, really matter. And I. I totally agree. It's with one you. of those things where I agree with the point you're making. Like, yeah, in theory, it should be safe, legal, and rare because we're funding sex ed and contraception, yeah. and like, no one gets pregnant unless right. they want to. But don't say it because you're moving us backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, just to issue a quick correction, I used women's health again, which is a slip up that I constantly yeah. make, yeah. and I'm trying to get better. I want to be more inclusive. The health of people who have uteruses. Yeah. Uterus care. Why yeah. don't we just call it uterus care? I like that. Mister. Historology. Trying, yeah. Hysteria. I was trying to do a, a really cool, like, work in. Yeah. Um, Very early on in this podcast, I think I tried to say something important during a hill, and Aaron was like, no, 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 no. And maybe it has to be dumb. It has to be very dumb. Slap me on the wrist. It has to be very dumb. I was so angry. I got to slap on the wrist. <laughs> I hope you heard that on mic. I hope the mics picked that I up. I hope the mic, yeah. That was a legit slap. That, that was. slapped me on the wrist for making us, for having a serious hell. But it pissed me off and I had to say it. Okay. Uh, that's, that's but it was fair. also it also seemed like an action that neither of you have done in a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so unnatural. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've seen. <laughs> All right, Karen, what's your hill? Did Look you at your it? own gif before you say okay, what's weird. You're yeah. right, okay, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, if 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 I go to a fancy restaurant and I have to order the food in advance in a line, fuck <laughs> you. Wait, what? are you talking about Pine and Crane? Yeah, I, I mean yeah, any yeah, of those, yeah. any of those Silver Lake fucking restaurants that make me stand in a line, Squirrel. order my food, yeah. and it's like I pay the tip also in the thing where I have stood, gotten now I have to get a number. I'm standing in a line, I have to get a number, and then you're gonna bring it to me. I, I went to a restaurant this weekend where they made me get my own plates. 
What? And I was like, what? I'm not coming back here. You know who doesn't Karen, make you get your own plates? McDonald's. Karen, was okay? it a soup kitchen? No, it... Mm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get your own plate? And yes. G- Wait, what restaurant was this? I, I kind of don't want to... I kind of okay, don't want to okay, shit on them because it's like, yeah, you know... Legit. You're but still going to... You're, you're definitely going back. No, no, no. That's a place I go rarely because I find it... Good? What was the first restaurant that we all na- that you all knew that I didn't know that sounded... Good pine and crane. Is it? Is it good? It's really good. It is good, okay, but they do really make good. you stand I, in no, line. This no, no, I can't. I don't because really now I want to go. There. I don't want. I don't want to stand in a line. I don't want to stand in a line. I don't want to stand. I don't want to do any work. I don't want to boil that's my food. Bus, that's bus face logic. <laughs> I don't want to boil my food at a table. Okay. I don't want to like. It's not quaint. Oh, you don't, don't like wanna, that. I don't want to bake shit on the table. No, no. I am going Why out. Are you going? To I don't want to do work. No, I'm standing. Where are you baking There's like a fondue one where you go and you do the fondue. On fun. the table. Yeah, that's fun. That's not fun. No, it's not fun. You know what's fun? Doing no work and eating food is fucking fun. You're, are you kidding me? Is, you people are insane. This, this is, is insane. This, this is, is bus face. This isn't a bus face thing. This is a logic thing. This was a logic I had years before the bus face. Kieran has <laughs> this someone, is trash bag deal logic. Kieran has someone standing next to her right now feeding her food. So <laughs> that is not true. She's eating grapes. She's one eating by grapes one, one by one. <laughs> You yeah. don't see it, but someone is feeding her grapes right now. It's insane. <laughs> it is ins- the idea that I'm supposed to go out and pay money to have to do more stuff. Do st- that's cooking. That's her called face cooking. Is on a bus, people. It's yeah. called cooking. Yeah. I I'm a cook in a restaurant. Okay. I want to stand in a restaurant. I want to stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kieran, uh, thank you for wheeling in here uh, <laughs> today on a chair, on a desk chair. No, no, no. Hannibal Lecter style. Oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah. like not tethered. Right, right. Okay, sure. All <sighs> <laughs> right, Tian. Okay, what, I'll get it. So I'm going to get as fired up as Kieran. It's very upsetting. <laughs> I've, I haven't been that upset on a hill since Naomi at Paragon was here. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys got it. Yeah, you, you guys got into it. it. Um, the hill that I will die on happened to me last night. I was in my own apartment and there was one of my neighbors was outside talking on the phone, but they were using a speakerphone. Mm, mm-hmm. Don't use your speakerphone in public places. Yeah. There's no reason why I should be hearing both sides of this conversation. If it's just you by yourself talking to someone on the <coughs> phone. Why are you using speakerphone? I think at that point it's, you can go into the conversation. You can add. I should have through the window. And it's mm. not even like important things that it, like it's not an important like the, this particular conversation. Did this person have two arms in a cast? No. It took me a while no to figure excuse. out what you were asking me. <laughs> two arms and casts no. preventing them. They from were doing. They were doing this thing. Like it was too much to hold it to their <laughs> ear. It was. They just needed to hold it in front of their mouth. And the person that they were talking to, their only responses on speakerphone were, "Yeah." Okay, babe, yeah. Mm, of course. Just like no need to be on speakerphone if the other person's responses are uh if you're recording the call, you have to have it on speaker in a lot of, for a lot of phone apps. Did not seem Okay, like did not seem was- like a recording. Okay, have you done a speakerphone in public spaces? No, it's no, illegal. no, no. Okay. It's illegal to record in the state of California without, without two party consent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You have to have permission of both people. But in a lot of states, if you're in a lot of states, it's one party consent. I think New York is a one party consent. Yeah. I always say the door. That's why every time I record an interview, like I, I always say the door case thing. Like, okay, I'm starting recording now. And I hate my voice every time I do that. Almost every single time I, I do like a journalistic thing and oh, every recording begins with, okay, I just, I'm starting the recording now. 
God. Okay, that's fair. Fuck there's speaker phone. There's a down. there's a really good South Park episode about exactly this. Oh, where really? Cartman is just using the speaker phone incessantly, and it's rude. Yeah, it's extremely. Maybe rude. you're just sad that it wasn't a better conversation. <clears throat> I think maybe that was what it was. Like, if I'm going to hear both sides, let me know. I mean, I use speakerphone in my own apartment when I'm too lazy to hold my phone, so I put it on my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody does that? Are you You lying down? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm just, like, sitting on my couch and, like... That's fun. <laughs> Tien's demonstrating. This is a this is an audio medium, <laughs> but like Tien is leaning back. It's, and then you have like, a pocket there. Yeah, That's yeah, what the overall not, not for this pocket. Normally, if I'm just like laying on my couch and talking, I'll just do her it. boobs are like the cell phone holder. <laughs> oh yeah, these he, these tiggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's pretty good hill. Um, all right, I think that's all the time we have today. Tian, Kieran, and Dana, thank you so much for coming by. Alyssa, Master Monaco, thanks for calling in. There'll be more hysteria next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Malkonian for filming and editing our video content every week. 